This is Mike Roth. Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages podcast. In this show, we're going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs, and interesting folks who live here in the villages to give a perspective of what's happening here in the villages and information that I think all villagers should have. We hope to add a new episode most Fridays at 9 o'clock. We are making a change soon. All of our shows will be distributed by a single podcast syndicator, Buzzsprout, both the old shows and the new show. We are also changing our subscription plans. Now you will be a supporter by simply making a subscription, subscribing via Buzzsprout. You can make a contribution of any amount that you'd like. We'd suggest $3 a month. If that's too much for your budget, you can pay less or If you're really enjoying what we're doing and want to see us continue, you can pay more. This is going to be a subscriber-supported podcast. We are making this conversion to make it easier for everybody. And all of the subscriber-only episodes that were available on Apple Podcasts will now be converted to the Buzzsprout channel, and everyone go ahead and listen to those. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Debbie Wiley, and we're going to be talking about the David Wiley and Christine Sigel Memorial Scholarship for students at the Villages High School in the Performing Arts. Thanks for joining me, Debbie. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Good. Before we get started, I thought I'd put a little joke into my neck, my grandson, Evan. Debbie, what kind of math do birds love? I don't know. What kind of math do birds love? Owl Owlgebra. <laughs> That's cute. Okay, Debbie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before you got here to the village? I was a daughter of an Air Force person, and then Don was in the Navy, and we've been married 42 years, so I've lived everywhere, so wherever my bed is, is where I am from at that moment. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of cities did you live in? I lived a lot of years in Virginia. My dad was stationed at the Pentagon twice. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Miami, and I've lived in San Antonio, and I've lived in Groton, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and Memphis, and Kings Bay, Georgia, and the Villages. Okay. Debbie, what got you involved with the Improvisational Theater Club? Well, my neighbor had a notice from the newspaper on his refrigerator, and I thought that sounded like fun. And I like being in the spotlight, so I thought it was a perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. When you first joined the Improv Club, were we meeting over at Burnset? Recreation Center? I've always gone to the Rohan Rec Center. Oh, okay. So you never met the guy who actually originated it. Originally, that club was just doing improv exercises. And now we actually do improvisational scenes, uh, which is a lot better. A few years ago, all of a sudden, you wound up coming to the improv with your son, David. Tell us why David got involved. David loved watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? And we would practice it at home and joke around and have fun. And it was something he always wanted to try. So when he um, moved back home, he joined the club. Right. One of the things I found about David was he was probably the first one to volunteer for any exercise. If I said, we need a volunteer, he stuck up his hand first. He didn't even know what he was volunteering for, (laughs) which made it very good. And he kind of uh, forced other people to play. What was your favorite memory of David at improvisational theater? It wasn't actually in the club. It was on the way home. 
Mm-hmm. He he was smiling and thanking me so much for letting him join the club and me taking him, and he was so thankful to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember him even when he was getting around with a walker, just being so enthusiastic and jumping into parts and being able to say things that were perfectly fitting for the scene. He really made it fun and for himself and for everyone else. Thank you for that. Most people don't know, but from a village's perspective, the name of name of our club is changing. And if you're looking for the Improvisational Theater Club in the Recreation News, you will no longer find it. The new name that appears in the Recreational News is the Villages Improv Club. The Villages Improv Club. So we're at Rohan on... We're at Rohan from 6.30 to 8.30 on the first four Mondays of the month, with certain exceptions. Like on May 8th, we're going to... Not be at Rohan, but we're going to do an actual show for an hour at 7 to 8 p.m. at Mystic Ice Cream. So, if you like ice cream or hard ice cream, find us at Mystic on May 8th. David, and you have done so many scenes in in both our shows and at the practices. What was your favorite scene from a show? My favorite Absolute favorite scene from a show is the seven words you can't say in the villages. Uh, the seven, the seven words or phrases you can't say in the in the villages. A unbiased takeoff of the George Collins joke from the nineteen eighties. I did not invent the scene. But someone who invented it was sick, and I asked if I could try it, mm-hmm. and I absolutely fell in love with doing it. Which which word do you remember putting in that made it fun? Oh, I'm going to take your house and smash it to smithereens. That's right. We put you in as the leader of that scene. <laughs> and you got to smash a lot of houses for people saying things about the villages. They like, oh, I don't know, top of the world. Top of the world. It's it, too crowded. The golf courses are in bad shape. All kinds of stuff like that. It's a great scene. I hope Larry puts that in at Mystic Ice Cream. Now, the Mystic Ice Cream show is going to be a little bit different than a pure improv show. We are going to have... A couple of scripted pieces. It it depends on whether or not we can learn the lines. The the beauty of improv is you don't have to learn lines. You just have to learn what the routine is, what's supposed to happen, where you're supposed to go on stage, and that kind of stuff. Now let's get around to talking about what happened to David. Well, he was a three-time brain tuber survivor. Mm -hmm. Only the third time he didn't survive so he um he was diagnosed in july and he he passed away in january mm-hmm. and when when he passed away the members and the leaders of the improvisational theater club thought that we ought to give a scholarship with the money that we raise from the show public shows to and the private shows but we do pro public shows at Rohan twice a year, and we do probably six more private shows, clubs at, in the villages. And we take the money that we raise during those shows, and we give it away as a scholarship. And we decided that we should name the scholarship for David Wiley. Recently, we've had a another member die, Christine Sigel. And Debbie, it was your idea to do what? Oh, to add Christine to the scholarship fund. Mm-hmm. So now it's going to be the improvisational scholarship for performing arts for David Wiley and Christine Sigel, uh, and we're we're thinking that in May of this year there'll be four recipients from the village's high charter high school who have had their fingers into one of the performing arts. We of course hope it's improv. Of course. Yeah, but it could be ballet. You never know. Well, actually, next week we'll be reading the uh, the scholarship application. This is Mike Roth and Dr. Craig Curtis, and what we're going to do: Alzheimer's 
or brain tips. Dr. Curtis, what is the biggest limitation for Alzheimer's research in America? The biggest limitation for Alzheimer's research is our shortage of patients that get involved in clinical research trials. For example, a couple of years ago, a report came out that showed there were approximately 25,000 open positions for patients with Alzheimer's disease to get involved in research, yet only about seven to 8,000 of those positions went filled for the year. So every year, we run a deficit in the United States in filling these clinical trials, which in turn slows our overall uh, ability to complete the clinical trial. Debbie, in, in your involvement with improv, what was the biggest learning that you had? Oh, I learned I wasn't as good as I thought I was when I started. And I learned it, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. And you play on each other, and sometimes you have chemistry with the person, and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have chemistry, it's a little more difficult to to do the work. Right. And what, what I discovered is in improv, you actually have to listen to your scene partner to know how to respond. And we, we should give our listeners the three, three intrinsic rule of improv. So rule number one is you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Right. That's improv and spontaneous. Yeah, usually uncensored. Second thing that that you should do in improv is accept all offered. That means when another improv player says, let's go to the zoo, you're supposed to say, I'd love to, yes, and let's get some hot dogs while we're there. Yes, and I want to put hot, hot chili pepper sauce on my hot dog. Yes, and then you'll be sick and I'll have to take you home. And we'll all have a good time. Yes, we will. Which leads us to rule three, which is always make your scene partner look good. And in, in that arena, you should not ask your scene partner a question because that puts your scene partner on the spot. So we don't we don't want to do that. Except we do have a scene called Questions with Hats where the actor or the players have to ask a question based on the hat that they're wearing or the hat that their uh, opposite player is wearing. And if you make a statement as defined by having a period at the end of it, they get the bell and they go back to the end of the line and have to put a new hat on. Very funny scene. It's one of my favorites. Right. I think it's one of my favorites too because it's so different. It's, it's, it's fast paced and it's funny even when they don't come up with a question, they come up with a statement and then they, they go back to the end of the line. We always have a good time. We do, always. Mm-hmm. What's the best experience that you had at improv? I, I think my best experience is learning and growing and feeling like the improv club is part of a, my family. Mm-hmm. We, we care about each other. It, it has become somewhat of a family. We uh, we still have some members that, that joined us uh, four years ago. Every week, though, we get some new members in. Uh, some people stick around. And come back a second or third time and, and join the club. And other people come sit at the back of the room. Sometimes they pop a beer or a glass of wine and, and they have a good time laughing uh, at our sets. Uh, but that makes a lot of sense for us because it's always good to have an audience and we have an independent audience so we know whether or not something was funny or, or easy to make funny. And that's one of the ways that we use to pick the scenes that go into the shows. Because if no one laughed, and it was difficult to do, it ain't, ain't going to be in a show. But if it was easy to do and no one laughed, it's not going to be in a public show. And then we learned the routines. And unlike a, um, a show in the villages, we, we don't have like one understudy for each character or each big character. Instead, what we do is we attempt to make sure that multiple characters 
Multiple players can fit in any scene just in case one person gets sick, they have family in from out of town, or they can't be present on the day of a show. We have three or four people who can step in. So it's a little unlike the shows that they put on the villages. We don't have auditions. Instead, we have learnings and practices. And that way, we get a good group of people that know almost all the scenes. Our next big show is November 7th at the Azale Recreation Center. That's the first time we've done a large public show down there at Azale. And we'll see how many people come to it, but it should be a fantastic show. We're actually going to improve the sound system. We're going to have speakers at the back of the room so people who sit beyond the first five rows can hear as well as the people in the front row. And that may be an advantage. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Some people say that our front row seats are the poncho zone. Poncho zone? Poncho zone? That's right. Poncho zone. Because on stage, some stuff might be flying like whipped cream and people in the front row should be wearing a poncho. So they don't get their clothes messed up. Oh, like Shamu at the SeaWorld. Shamu That's Zone. Right, right. Shamu Zone. I ran into it the first time in Vegas. I bought tickets for my wife and I at the Blue Man Group show. And we went to Will Call, picked them up. We had first row seats. And the, and the lady hands me the tickets and says, you know, you're in Poncho Zone. I said, what, is, what does that mean? They only speak Spanish? <laughs> and she says, oh, no, no, there's a the poncho, there's a plastic poncho on the seat back. When you get into the theater, you need to put that on because the Blue Man Group would put paint on the tops of drums and, and hit the drums and the paint would go flying all over. So, poncho zone. <laughs> poncho zone. That's right. We're going to have a poncho zone down at the Zale. And we'll have a lot of fun. The audience will have a lot of fun. And the money is going to be donated to our charity. We're a 501c3 at the Improvisational Theater Club. We're known as the Villages Improv Club. Well, we'll have a good time. Anything else you want to say about the scholarship today, Debbie? Uh, just, it's very important. We gave last year a scholarship to a, a, a girl that did not have the greatest GPA, but her story was so moving, so touching, and being able to help someone, even if it's just to buy books or, or school supplies, it's important that we do this for them. Right. We... Unlike other many other scholarships, we don't have an academic requirement except that you graduate and that you're going to be continuing your education. It could be at a technical school. It could be at a theatrical school. It could be at a four-year college. It could be at a two-year college. The idea is for people who have a knack for or, and want to be in the performing arts, we want to help. Yes. Great. Debbie, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Good. We'll see everyone, I hope, at Improv, 6.30 at Rohan, first four Mondays of the month. Come and just visit and be part of our audience and laugh for right. us. And if you want to see some pictures and a little bit about what the club is about, take a look at the club's website, www.thevillagesimprov.com, thevillagesimprov.com, and it will pop up on your screen. Thanks again for listening, folks. Remember, our next episode will air live Friday at 9 a.m. That's when it will be released on our regular subscriptions. Should you want to become a sponsor of the show, contact me at MikeRoth at RothVoice.com. If you know someone that you think should be on the show, send me an email at Mike at RothVoice.com. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyright by RothVoice 2023. All rights reserved.